Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to Football Manager Therapy. I'm Matt Richards, and on this week's episode, we go all in on academic activities, push for promotion, and talk traditional terrible twosomes. Joining me as always is the Kenny Daglish to my inevitable contract release. It's Tony Jameson. Evening, how are we? I'm alright mate, yeah, you know, uh, been, been waiting, been sitting around waiting because someone didn't do their homework this week, so, you know, but yeah, I'm alright, I'm alright. Uh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I get that, but like... You know, it, it's done now, sir, and I didn't copy, and it looks different enough, so mm. it's fine. We sh- we um, shall see. Yeah, I've, I've I've already got I've already got a black mark on my name <laughs> today, which to be honest, normally it takes like about seventeen minutes into the podcast for me to get my first proper strike, whereas I've, I've actually managed to get it before the podcast even started today. So I can't believe. So I think it. I'm going to get grounded. Uh, you know, I picked this. I picked the subject especially for you, and you don't even put in the work. Ugh, it's it, honestly, it's 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 a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, we are going to be talking later on in the podcast uh, about Tony's favorite subject, and that is a two men up front and a big man, little man combination. So we're going to be picking out three fictional uh, slash fantasy football manager 21 based target man and poacher advance forward combinations. Uh, And then we're going to try and pitch to you guys, which you think is the best theoretical twosome up front. But first, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a chat uh, about what we've been getting up to this week. So I'm not gonna be talking about my save this week. I have been playing it. Don't worry, I'm still I'm still up by, by Leverkusen. I know, I know I know there's probably a few of you like he's probably in another country now and he's probably done something else. But um, yeah. how how is the Egyptian Premier League, Matt? Is it going well? Or? I wish, I wish. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just put put that on ice for for now. Second, the first full season was the stuff happened but it wasn't as as exciting as the other stuff I got up to this week so I'm going to I'm going to have a little a little natter about the uh, the wonderful webinar and you said seminar it's webinar that I attended uh, earlier on in the week and that was um coaches voices uh, put on a webinar with uh, RB Salzburg manager Jesse Marsh that was bloody fantastic I uh, I was talking to you about it, wasn't I? And I said about I learned more in in that one hour than of uh, I know about football in thirty two years. But you know what, though, man. Like, I mean, we we've, we've been like over the last couple of weeks, we've maybe sort of uh, probably slightly led by myself, have been joking on that that we're not the academic podcast to be listening to, but like we we do love a bit of academia around these parts and uh and like i've said to you obviously that like when you were like sort of going oh i've got to sign up here so i said right brilliant i need to get the the listen again so i've got it queued up i'm going to try and get it listened to tomorrow uh, but i'm incredibly excited about it because all the coaches voice stuff that i've that i've seen and read so far is just like outstanding and i remember you when you mm. sort of text me straight after just going like I found the light, like, it was just like, almost like you'd, you'd had this epiphany and you were sort of now going, right, and now I, I, I have to preach 
the word of Jesse Marsh. It's almost like Bielsa. What? Uh, but yeah, you, you, you. No, 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 I, no, I, no, I know, no. I know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that it, it, it is. I'm just saying like there was. There was that. There was, there was an evolution of, of, your, of your. I found another another part to to consider, and I was. And I was excited by it. Well, it just shows how much you actually listen to me because I've been on the Jesse Marsh hype train for absolutely ages. I know ages. you have. I know you have, but it's like, but you can be on the train, but then it's like once you actually speak to the conductor, like face to face, and you're like, oh, cool, I totally get it now. Like, you know. Yeah, it was, it, I, I must admit, when, because um, I, I watched the Ralph Ranyuk one earlier on, um, I think it was the end of last year, beginning this year, I can't remember what it was, mm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ended up, I ended up watching that one. And that was fascinating, and that I think that was more, which which is kind of makes sense given what Ranić does these days. It was more of a football director, how to to build a brand, run a club from 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 the sort of top down. And I was a little bit worried that there was going to be too much overlapping with this because obviously Marsh was you know learning under Ranić in, in Leipzig before moving to Salzburg, and obviously he was previously at. Uh, the the Red Bull team in New York as well, so I was I was a bit concerned there'd be some overlap. But I think what's what's been interesting, and I know places like the Athletic have been writing about it recently. I think the, the interesting part of these Ranić sort of disciples is, and Marsh says this in the webinar is is the interpretation of of this. You know the 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 text, the the holy sacred the, the, sort the of gospel, yeah, the gospel. Come on, the, the, you know the commandments, and it's it's interesting because there were certain things that Marsh spoke about that either I hadn't heard sort of mentioned before, or he had he, he had a different angle on it. And obviously, you you go into a Red Bull coach talking about the style of play. First and foremost, it's going to be pressing. And it was really fascinating when he he explained what ball orientated pressing was, uh, and how it is different from most notably the one that he used was Marcelo Bielsa. He's like, what Leeds and Bielsa do is man orientated pressing, which makes sense because that's kind of why they get pulled out of position and exposed quite a lot is because they man mark. You know, they go man to man. You know, on yeah, their press, rather than zonal, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was just what there was one little sentence that he said that, and I'm like, light bulb comes on, eureka moment, and it was that he's he said that with ball orientated orientated pressing was he he mentioned that they press as the pass is being played rather than being received, and I had never thought about it like that. Yeah, and when you watch Salzburg press, it's they 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 actually gamble and anticipate where the pass is going, or or you know, sort of they play even more on the front foot. It's that level of anticipation that comes into it, and it was just yeah, it was just one of them little moments where I was like, oh. I completely now understand what you're saying and, and what you're getting at. And then, uh, you know, the other the other factor of it was that he's this wonderful balance of European coach with, like, Americanisms. <laughs> like, everything's, yeah. like, catchy and snappy and punchy. And, like, you know, he breaks everything down. It's, like, one buzzword or thing. And one of, one of, the, my, one of my favorite ones was, like, he showed... Because of course they have mood boards and stuff with like words and slogans. Yeah. One of them was outrun, 
outthink. And I was like, oh, that's so good. It's so cheesy. And if I was sat in like, an office and someone had said it as a pitch, I'd be like, oh, piss off, mate. But because it's Jesse Marsh and it's about football, I'm like, yeah, outrun, outthink. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Did he, did he wear, uh, did he wear chinos and, uh, and white leather trainers? As he well? wasn't. If he did, oh. he was wearing a track top, like a, a uh, a team like tr- a yeah like yeah it's exactly it it was like whereas like Ranyik gives off that sort of like professor vibe obviously given his nickname and stuff you know he's sort of the head teacher but Jesse Marsh yeah. is like the cool PE teacher that teaches a bit of English lit on, on the side do you know what I mean like he's, yeah. he's we, we, we've drafted him because he did good in Alabama so we've we've moved him over here and now we're going to get the state championships and you're just like yeah come on coach <laughs> yeah I, and I texted you didn't I and I said I get it I would fo- follow that man into war if if war by war I mean a game of football yeah a hundred percent but it was it was really really fascinating and um it also really made me appreciate how awkward it is to transfer real life football tactics and real life football approaches into FM and I've I've always yeah. I've always thought this and and had this but the press and pressing in fm isn't quite there yet and by the way when i say this this is not a knock on si because it is near impossible to mimic all the different sort of pressing triggers but you're pressing ideas you know marsh's press to score we press to score you know, there's other people pressed to uh, pin, you know, pin the opponent back or delay. You know, there's so many different types of pressing and pressing traps and pressing, you know, lines and all this sort of stuff. But it was that moment where I was, I was like, in the real world, if I was, <laughs> God forbid, if I was coaching, I was like, I'd, I'd know how to, you know, apply this. But I was like, in game, we're still so far off that. Well, that's the thing that like, we, we still can't even get like the half court and full court press, which has sort of been what, 10, 15 years. I think people have known how to do that and, and, and taken that from, from basketball to, to football. That's not still a hundred percent as you would expect in game. Like you still haven't got that level of control over it. You can do something that's quite similar, but it's still not exactly the same. And, and you're right. Like to have that level of, of sort of, awareness of what's coming and to preempt the movement and then press the movement as you say rather than than wait for the ball to move to already be ahead of that step like that's a, a serious level of ai you've got to be able to and i mean the match engine's taken a step up this year you almost would have to strip it back and and make your 2d game be aware of the movements pre anything happening but then even to remodel all the 3D stuff as well, that's, that's yeah, that's a big job, isn't it? That's a big job. I mean, you can you can pretty much mimic pressing triggers. You know, if you if you think of a pressing trigger as a, a as an an OI, an opposition instruction, yeah. which is close, close down more, stick them on weaker foot or whatever, stick them on a certain foot, maybe tackle harder, that kind of mimics a, a pressing trigger. You know, if you know... A fullback or a centre back mm-hmm. is particularly got a particularly bad first touch or bad composure. You know, you kind of you can mimic pressing triggers like that. 
blocks, you know, high blocks, mid blocks, low blocks, you can pretty much nail 100%, you know, especially a mid block. I think you can get a really good mid block going in the game. And you can see that. I think it's funny that Marsh is one end of the spectrum and Bielsa is the other end of the spectrum because FM somewhere in the middle because you can't really have a man-for-man specific, you know, a man-orientated press or even man-marking. You can man-mark positions and players, but it isn't to the extreme that Bielsa sets up yeah. And it isn't then the other way to the extreme that, you know, Marsh, Marsh sets up. So it's, I think that's going to be an interesting sort of next five years with the game is how they put this in. Because it, again, it's that thing of you say pressing and as an FM player, you know, we probably immediately think, oh, well, again, pressing, you know, think of Jurgen Klopp, uh, Borussia Dortmund or, you know, that level of like high intense press. But, Pressing is such a a general word now because every every team presses, but they don't press the same way into the same intensity and stuff like that. So even even looking back at, at Ferguson's United team, like they used to always be referred to as oh they, they would hunt in packs and I mean Ajax of the seventies, Dutch ties of the seventies. We've you know. now just rebranded it as pressing and and obviously you know Klopp's Guardiola uh, you know, uh, and Guardiola's Barcelona. Like when you were saying about sort of preempting the ball, when you, the second you said that that phrase, my head instantly had images of Iniesta and Xavi just diving ahead of of a pass and going. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Like yeah, just totally like getting it. Going yeah, you're you're one step ahead. Of course, you're one step ahead. Like, what's what's new is old, but at the same time, yeah. it's now st- actual strategy rather than you know. I actually the the really in the Dutch side of the really good example of this in the seventies because you know a lot of their press was disorganized in in comparison to what is now organized, and that I think that's the thing is. You know, with any strategy in football, when we start being able to label things and name things and actually implement, you know, training methods and structure and strategy, you know, that it takes on a new life of itself. Even from where we were when Guardiola started to implement that Johan Cruyff-influenced press um, and obsession with possession at Barcelona... We didn't really have the the vocabulary in the public domain in the manner that we do now. It was quite funny in the webinar. Someone actually used the term "press resistant," and it was quite. It was it was a really humbling moment because Marsh had actually said he's like every coach has similar ideas, but they have different vocabulary. And sometimes people say stuff and I haven't got a clue what it is. And he didn't know what being press resistant was. And I had that lovely little moment where I was like, he's one of the best managers in the world, you know, (laughs) and he doesn't know what this is. And I was like, I'm so glad because sometimes I fucking read stuff and everyone's like, oh, they're a false six or a false three. And I'm like, no, we've gone too far. Look, (laughs) we've just gone too far with this. So can we all, can we all just use the same words, please? That would really help. And then like, you know, we can all be on the same page and it makes it all fine. But yeah. Yes. Well, Tony, while I was getting a, a, a German slash Austrian slash American education in the art of pressing and football, uh, you were continuing to pad out 
quite an uh, impressive CV of your own in the world football manager. Well, it got it got interesting. It got very interesting. So last update we had was from the transition between uh, from from the other Arsenal into Belar uh, from Belarus into Bursaspor in Turkey. That is still going on in the background. We're having a great time there. We'll we'll cover them next week. We're going to go back to the Tier 10 exploits with Washington. And we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, loyal listeners may remember, I did a a tactical evolution and ended up with trying out a 3-6-1. And I was convinced there was something in it. And and, and there was, to an extent, like... (laughs) The Tony Jameson story. There was... (laughs) To an extent, <laughs> it was it was fine. Like we weren't losing. Like, we maybe lost like one in six or something using it. And I didn't use it for a great amount of time because it was really dull to watch. <laughs> like it was really like. Sort of, um, but the whole point was literally just condense the midfield and have so many bodies in there that it made it difficult for us to break down because, like. I think my players were getting tired. We were coming, like the season was just, it looked like it was just too far. And I thought we were running out of legs, um, to get anywhere. So I was like, right, let's just lock up, get some results. We've got a bit of pace in the team that we can maybe hit on breaks and, and get some, some goals. As long as we're not conceding goals, we'll be fine. And I knew defensively we were okay. So this, this six man midfield defensively was brilliant. Like we were blocking shots all over the place. We always had a spare man. So we were really difficult to beat. But unfortunately, as I say, we were lacking creativity and we were lacking goals. And occasionally we had a midfielder was playing up front um, just because he was young enough. So everyone was in positions that they were having to sort of learn on the fly. So I was kind of learning a bit about the team at that point. I was like, you know what? Like if we're going to take this seriously, I need to, to make some changes. So, I've been running on an incredibly tight budget, as you know, like 40 quid a week, uh, pocket money to run the club. And, and obviously whenever you sign young players on the youth contracts, they start coming out as five pound a week, two pound a week, whatever. That all starts to chip away your budget. And then anyone who's on a non-contract doesn't count towards your wage figure. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet, right? I'm going to have to go over the budget and bring in some players who can drive. Like and get us to, to games uh, and have like driving licenses and can drink alcohol and maybe you know own a house or something. Like, right. So my my criteria at that point was like get the scouts out. Right. Anyone who's over the age of twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty seven would be amazing. Right. Let's get some players in that who've got a bit of experience and just try and I say to the chairman, look, I'm just going to chuck the money at the situation. My contract's up at the end of the season. I want to stay. Let's let's just go for it, right? We're within touching distance of of the conversation, right? So we brought a couple of players in. I brought a striker in called Chirinda, who uh, we'll talk a bit more about him in a second because he kind of uh, did did bits. I believe the young people uh, say now. Uh, we bought a midfielder in called Rose, who again was, um, if I say it, a tier ten Mazala. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you a level of visibility, but but it gives you an indication of what we didn't have. Like he he could move up and down the, the pitch quite freely. Uh, I bought in a right back from Newcastle University called Lamb, who um, I, I bought him in because I couldn't get a guy in from Chesley Street, and we couldn't uh, we okay. couldn't get the deal going over the line. So I brought Lamb in was my second choice, uh, and he was okay. He was definitely better than what I already had. 
Um, and uh, but he was but he's he was fine. He wasn't as much of an upgrade as I wanted him to be. It's how you feel in a restaurant, isn't it? You know when they're like they're offering you a, a, a selection of your your meat. And you, you kind of go, oh, yeah, well, lamb, I guess. Yeah, like, but the, the th- I mean, that's coming from a veg- <laughs> vegetarian for the last three years, but you know what I mean. I mean, that, that is like a really, yeah, if you were sitting there going, oh, yeah, like, you're a vegetarian, would you like some lamb? Oh, I suppose so. Like, that, that, you're a terrible vegetarian, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> like, so, so, uh, the way that it was almost, like, I was almost moneyballing it in that sense, in the sense of like, you're literally only, only improving the position that needs improving. And like, mm. so I had my number one target. I couldn't get him. My number two target was still better than what I already had. So I'll get him in and he should see me to the end of the season. Um, center half, I brought in for a bit more experience because again, we would, we had two 17 year olds who, to all intents and purposes, were good, but just take a bit of pressure off them and, I also brought in uh, a goalkeeper. So we get to the point where we're about seven or eight games to go from the end of the season. Chirinda comes in, as I say, he's he's the, the striker. Um, and he hits the ground running. And the midfielder hits the ground running because, of course, he can, because he's got two feet and he can move. And, you know, the right back who's still not particularly good is still better than the right back who wasn't a right back anyway. Um, you know, the new centre half looks like, you know, Bobby Moore reinvented and my goalkeeper looks like he's just sort of walked out and he's, he's a hundred foot tall, you know, because he's not 17 and spindly arms, like, you know. So all of a sudden we looked a more developed size. I was like, right, the 361's got to go. And I went with a 4-3-3, but again, a kind of like slightly altered 4-3-3, uh, and it was almost a 4-5-1, really. Um, and it just worked. Just results changed overnight. Like we went for those seven games between the end of that seven points to the end of the season, we won all seven. Nice, good. <laughs> seven. Chirinda scored in every single match, <laughs> multiple times at some point. Love it. Um, the the run started by beating Bedlington Terriers, who who won the league, and I was like. We've just beaten Bell and Terriers, right? Okay, we we can... And you're just looking at the fixture list ahead of you going, we might end up... And there's two promotion spots at this point. I'm like, we might just about make it, right? And as I say, we won all seven on the bounce. We got promoted, mate. <laughs> we got promoted from tier 10. We're now into tier 9. And... It's like Dante's Inferno, isn't it? Just making your way through the layers of hell. Well... Well, this is the thing, right? So, so we got promoted and, and I was like, right, this is brilliant. And I looked at what I have to do next year. So I've gone from 40 quid a week wages to, to 1,300 pound a week wages. Like in one tier. <laughs> in one tier. Jesus. All right. Okay. And you know what? I'm not even spending any, I'm spending like 600 quid or whatever. Like. I've still got nearly half my wage budget to go. I've restocked the team. Like, we, we've we already become... Like, so I've got a theory, right, that Tier 9 is going to be a lot easier. Yeah, I can imagine. Got, yeah. <laughs> because I've now got players who've played football before, yeah, right? Yeah. And then they don't even have to be world-class players. They're just, like, better than the kids. Mm. And I've, I've still kept some of the kids, like, because, you know, they, they've got to be in there and they've, they've had their experience from last year. But... Like they're gonna to have to prove something for to come up with me into tier eight if it's this season or if it's next season because there's only one promotion spot in tier nine. 
but we've hit the ground running. Okay, so as I say, because we've in, because we've just got players who are good, like we've gone back to the team to the teams in our division previously. So I've gone and I've taken uh, a winger from Tau Law. I've taken a central midfielder from Newcastle University. I've taken a central midfielder from Carlisle City. I've taken a centre half from Atherton. I think they are. Uh, I've taken a goalkeeper from uh, Thornaby who are in my league. So I've taken their first choice goalkeeper. So I've already Billy Big bollocks it. Um, I've got a left back who's come in. I've got a left winger. Like I've just filled the positions. Like so, we've got we've got a squad. Like okay, we've we've well we've got a squad of sixteen players. So we still haven't got enough players to to put out a full match day squad. But um, but they're players. They're they're actual players, and results are going really really well. Like, we're currently halfway through the season and and we're fifth. Not bad. That'll do. That'll do. Yeah. Like, we're expected to be near the bottom, so we're fifth. So I'll take that. Like, mm. I think I think we're onto a winner, to be honest, this year. Even if we finish fifth now, I'll, I'll take it and then build on for next year. But... It's just you know we as I say that little bit of quality from from this year from this year as opposed to last year, it's it is a noticeable difference and and as I say we've got enough in the wage budget that if we have to chuck some money at big name players then we can do it. Big name players, you know, from from the likes of Southport and <laughs> Barrow and well, I mean, you know. We we could we could afford to sign some a player with a double barrel surname. That's how that's how much money we've got now. Um, so yeah, like I said, literally gone from like forty quid a week wage budget to to thirteen hundred quid. I'm just like I don't I don't know what we're supposed to do with this, but we're trying to spend it. It's just not happening. Well, it sounds like everything's coming up Washington over over on that save there. I'm liking it. Well, hopefully, Tony. Uh, as we move on to the last section of this podcast this week, we can inspire you to potentially dive in to the most infamous and classic combination in British football history. It is none other than the big man, little man front two. Oh, yeah. So this week, I tasked both of us. Uh, one of us did the homework, me. Uh, the other one didn't. And, and might have put it together an hour before we start recording this. Not even an hour. Not even an hour. Not even an hour. But, <laughs> but for, about 20 minutes, done. Um, but I tasked us with finding a... They could be fantasy, they could be real. Uh, big man, little man, front two combinations. The only rules were it had to be in the FM21 database because we want to inspire you to go and make these a reality in your saves. They can be from any team, any league. Doesn't need to be, you know same league or anything like that uh and the the target man should be over six foot two now the little man we did kind of go back and forth on this i know you've gone quite little for for all of yours now one of my my quote-unquote little men is technically 511 now that could be a generous 511 it could be 510 you never know so I've got one. I mean, I'm I'm five eleven. So would I be the little man? Yeah, I'm five eleven. So yeah, yeah. It depends. See, uh, the way of the way of generally hidden that is, I've put them with a quite a tall person. <laughs> so it's oh, like yeah. it's relative, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You know. Um, all right. So the idea here is we're going to go. You know, we've got three different combinations, and we're going we're to go through 
basically convince you people at home who the best big man little man combination is that we have come up with here um let us know either on discord or on twitter your own combinations after this and the ones that you think are winners i've given each combination a name by the way i know you have yeah yeah and i'm, I'm still trying to go through that with mine there's, there's one <laughs> that i've literally got and it, it it makes me laugh but i don't know if that's actually because it's a thing or whether i've just sort of made it up and just went oh, that's, that, that could be decent enough brilliant um, but Sit, sit back, everyone, and, and marvel in Tony's improv comedy skills that he hasn't used for about 15 years. Yeah, it's very much going to be like that. As I said to you when, when I was busy there, sort of before we started, I was like, I'm sleep deprived and, and I've not watched football in like a year, so it's going to be interesting. And you went, it's in the database. I was like, yeah, but I use like tier 10 and Belarus. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I expected. I was just like expecting like really random combinations that would have yeah. made me happy. Uh, anyway, right. Let's get this right, on the. Right. Let's get the show on the oh, right. Okay, I'm going to go first. I'll go first. So that will give you time to try and come up with <laughs> names and concepts. Okay. So I I put this together and then I remembered that it is a real life big bad little man combination that has existed, but I'm pitching it as now because this they were a big man little combination nearly 10 years ago potentially about eight years ago um so my first my first big man little man combination are dubbed the basque boys for life <laughs> and it is fernando lorente and Ika munayim amazing all right amazing <laughs> i'm on board already <laughs> so both did yeah, so both did play for Athletic Club quite infamously during the Marcelo Bielsa's tenure there, but they were there at the club for ages. Lorente is a little bit older uh, than Munyayin. I believe Munyayin's about 26 now, 27, and I think Fernando's around about 34, 35. Uh, but I just love that they are two souls intertwined forever, and that Munyayin is basically, you know that the clip in The Simpsons where Nelson's walking along and uh, and Martin's dancing around him and Lorente's like trying to like swat him away as Martin skips around. He's like, ha oh, ha ha, just happy to be there. That's what I imagine this combination's like. L- basically, Lorente just stands there and the ball comes off him, either on his head or a bo- like body part. And Munayin's so like small and quick that he just... Quickly gets onto the ball and then mops up after it uh, and, and does does the damage. But I, I just think that there's something about them that when uh, Fernando Lorente is about 38, he's going to come back to Athletic Club because there's no way Munyain's leaving Athletic Club. Not a chance. He's going to be about 38. Munyain's going to be about 30, and they're just going to sail off in the sun into the sunset together. I reckon. But while also bringing through like a new big man little man combination at the club that they started at so that's that's my first combination the basque boys for life i like that i like that yeah you had me you had me at the title to be honest i was like yeah i'm on board straight away um you know what like right i've not got a title if i actually know right i'm gonna call this um should know better (laughs) okay right okay so i've got and again, th- thankfully, the tier 10 database that I use uh, allows... Actually, no, no, this isn't even the tier 10. This is just... Uh, this is goes all the way down to Vanarama South. Um, so that I'm going to start with Vanarama South. So my little man, 
is an angry little man. Um, and I apologise for uh, a certain section of, of Glasgow that will uh, <laughs> refer have me referring to him as a, an angry little man. Angry little Nacho Novo is five foot seven. He's forty one years old. He's still on the database because he is the coach slash striker at Biggles Wade United. <laughs> See, this is what I was expecting from you, and you have you have okay, delivered. So he's there, right? Getting all angry in Bedfordshire, right? Uh, and I'm going to partner him with um. Bedfordshire. Which is the title of it's like a name of an album. The title of my latest hip hop album, um, and I'm going to yeah. partner him with another angry man who really should know better, but clearly doesn't. Um, six foot four's worth of Andy Carroll. Ooh, okay, that's oh, that's that's a combination. Isn't it just because that's that's only going to play like two games as a combination a season. Like they're either going to be suspended or injured throughout the whole thing, but it's going to be fun in training grounds, so, at the very least. Yeah, I can I can imagine going to the pub together as well. <laughs> at half-time. <laughs> Just... Yeah, yeah, I do like that. That's exactly that's exactly what I was expecting from you. That Carol will get sent off during the match, and Nacho Novo will get sent from the stands. So... <laughs> Of course, yeah. No, but he just gets more progressively angry as the game goes on. He goes, right, well, sorry, I'll do it myself then. And then, like, he comes on uh, and, and he gets the gets the winner. I like that. I, I like the I like the fact he's a manager as well. I like that. That's that's, that's good. All right, all right. I'll, I'll I'll allow that. It was a decent start. You were yeah. You won me over with that. My second deadly duo. Uh, he's got the name's got a bit of a 1980s WWF tag team whiff of it, but hear me out. Power and precision, the team of Olivier Giroud and Winston Ben Yedder. Oh, lovely! Right, so two players that I adored when they were in League Earn, and I thought they were criminally underrated when Ben Yedder was at Toulouse and. Giroud at Montpellier before he got his, his move to, to Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, I loved them because they were just unfussy and just straightforward. Like they, they, their roles would be target man, poacher, no doubt. Like there's not even, I'm not even entertaining an, another, another role for them. Like, oh, deep line forward or maybe like a pressing foot. No, they're a target man and they're a poacher, but they're also in for presentation. Okay. So I want you to start thinking of Giroud and Ben Yedder as sort of Derek Zoolander and Hansel McDonald from <laughs> Zoolander. All right, you're getting it now, right? Yeah. They're like, like Olivier Giroud climbs in the air to head the ball, but like as he does, he almost like freeze frames and like pulls like a pout and a, and a, and a look in mid mid air, and Ben Yedder sort of like sort of swivels its hips in a manner and looks at the same camera before like running onto the ball and slotted it home. I'm kind of imagining them come out to sort of maybe like German German techno, right? Or or French <laughs> why not pick French Matt? That's more accurate. <laughs> French electro, right? This pyro and like they get like a full presentation, like, oh you know, introduce him first. You know, he's standing at six foot four of handsome. It is none other than the former Arsenal and Chelsea striker, Olivier Giroud. 
and like the crowd shouts, Jeru, Jeru, is on fire. <laughs> you know, like this is what I want. I want like the whole shebang with this because I think not only are they power and precision, but they are presentation personified. <sighs> yeah, oh, that that's good. That's that's really ruined what I was going to do. <laughs> Right, you know what? I'm not going to do that one then because I'm going to have to think of someone else. But I will tell you that the the one that I was going to do, right, does okay. involve Olivier Giroud, and it, it's not as it's not as well thought as yours. But 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 it, it's only because of that that I, th- I found something else quite funny at the same time. So six foot four of Olivier Giroud, as you say, like there's this handsome, beautiful, beautiful man. But I was going to partner him with Lorenzo Insigne. Insigne. Insignia, like the Napoli striker. So, because of the fact he's only five foot four, and he always gets given the tall mascot in in games, would it not be funnier if Giroud had Insignia as the mascot, and that was the the partnership was sure. him just and the mascot was like, and he would walk him out with it holding his hand, like and he didn't have to go and shake hands. You no, know, I actually, I, well, I actually picture those two as. Is like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in Twins. <laughs> that is a really big man and little man combination of two f- absolutely fantastic football players as well. Yeah, and but you know that in Sydney will just be like a little bit more pissed off because he's shorter, and everyone and like, uh, like Giroud will just be like talking about, oh yeah, I score a goal every time I play, and like in Sydney he's like, I score a goal every time I play, and like he just get wound up because no one's really paying much attention to him because he's just little, and Giroud's just like, oh, like, I don't know why you get so wound up about these sorts of things. And it's like <laughs> we just need a we just need a name for it, which we can come back to. But I do, I really do like the idea that Giroud's. Very laid back and like, oh yeah, yeah, it comes naturally. Whereas Sydney's like, I have to work twice as hard and I don't produce twice as much. And at least to stand in there, he got voted French football's most <laughs> handsome man of the year. What did I get? I got bollocking from Gattuso. <laughs> my okay, my last one. I'm I'm gonna be honest. My, I, I was building towards my last one because I this is the most FM me duo and also the most me duo just full stop so my final duo is Die Verkhorstmann and it is the team of Vort Verkhorst and Timo Werner <laughs> now we're talking German Electro yes yes the, the, this is so Werner is is not that short because he's like 5'11 right but uh, Ver- mm-hmm. Verhorst is, is quite tall and Dutch and handsome again. Didn't someone say that uh, uh, Verhorst looked like you on Twitter the other day? <laughs> they did, they yeah. did. Like, uh, so so far, I've had Stephen Fry and and Verhorst, so yeah, I'll yeah. take that, you know? But yeah, I have gone with the ultimate combination of power and pace, but the work rate as well. We're talking like 16, 17 work rate. And they've, they've got, you know, a bit of speed behind them. They've got, you know, cover a lot of ground and got a bit of pace. So I just love this combination of... And this is this is one, you know, unlike Giroud and, and Ben Yedder, where I'm unwilling to, you know, think about different roles. I'd probably play these two as pressing forward on support and pressing forward on attack. 
because they're just relentless and that's why they're the 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 workhorses they just won't stop hounding you all game they'll be jumping with you backing into challenges you know Timo Werner will be missing sitters left right and center oh, you you know you've been in a game against these two yeah it's it's just everything that I want from a front two in football manager and real life I love both of them massively as players Werner less so now that he's at Chelsea but We'll allow it for for this sake. In in my heart, he's still at Stuttgart slash Leipzig. So I just I think this is. It might not be the 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 wittiest of combinations, but I think this is the most effective duo in terms of a big man little man combo that potentially could be in the game this year. Yeah, like I completely agree, and and I think that realistically we need to strip down the um, the Giroud and Ben Yedder presentation. Just present them both really neatly. But here's why I, I like them. They're both a little bit of shit house as well. There's, yeah. there's like a tad, like um, Vergos especially, like he's a proper shit house. Um, but Werner has it in him as well, and I like that. I like that they've got a bit of edge to them. You know, Lorente and Munyain, there's class there. You know, the class is permanent. Even like Lorente. As a big target man, he's always got quite a deft touch. He was and delicate, feel, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Whereas these two are just in your face like, yeah, come on. I love that. I proper love that. Yeah, I think I think they could give um, they could give Nacho Novo and Andy Carroll a right game. <laughs> yeah, they just have a punch up. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. like as as a, as a forward pairing, they wouldn't look out of place in a local five a side league. That's what I yeah. like about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, okay. Um, I saved my big boys to last. What have you got for me? All right, all right. Well, I have saved um, the biggest boy and the littlest boy. Uh, for the last one, so I'm gonna go with and and stick with me on this one. Right, mm. Lionel Messi. Good start. Sounds fairly on the money, doesn't it? Like, all right, you've picked one of the best little men going, right? So Lionel Messi doesn't really need much introduction. He's quite good, right? Mm. We know what he can do. Now I'm gonna pair him with, and oh, thank God he's in the database this year, right? Because. <laughs> This was part of the reason the podcast recording took so long to get started. I thought he'd retired, and so I was going, this is going to really ruin my idea. But he's not retired, because he's in the database, and he is a free agent, so technically you could get him and potentially Messi next season for no money at all, right? Love it. Blythe Spartans legend Robbie Dale. There it is. Six foot seven, uh... 159 goals in 500 games. There's more. The stats are wrong. He scored a lot more goals than that, right? Um, genuinely, for 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 a player at that level, he's a he's a fucking talent. Like he genuinely, some of the things I've seen him do with the football are insane. Like he scored, he scored from the halfway line. He scores volleys from God knows where. He scores overhead kicks. I said to you before he started the match, uh, before we started the record. Sorry. He once scored a hat-trick and saved a penalty in the same game. And do you know what? Like, has Lionel Messi ever done that? Has he bollocks? That's what no, I'm he saying. hasn't. He hasn't. Like, and So he, he is the non-league Messi. Um, Blythe Spartans as well, when, when there was talk about Messi being released from Barcelona, uh, did a fundraiser to try and get Messi bought by Blythe Spartans, amazing. which I thought was amazing to get them to 
working together. I, I just think I think it's the partnership the world wants to see. To be honest, do you know what the name would be in a, in a like you know Bra- Brangelina esque manner? There'd be Linedale. Oh, or Messy Dale, which could be like a sort of Messy Dale sounds like a really horrible brand of milk. <laughs> yeah, maybe not actually. Yeah, but you, you, you got that semi skin Messy Dale in there. No, no, no. Um, I, I do you know what it also? <laughs> do you know what it also kind of like <laughs> whiffs off a bit? And I, this is going to sound like, and I'm not knocking this type of content. And I, you know, although it's not for me, whatever. But it whiffs of. Oh, we put Lionel Messi in at Blythe Spartans, <laughs> in a non-league Blythe Spartans. Let's find out what he did, you know, oh, experiment. It's 100% that, isn't it? It's 100% that. <laughs> and again, like, look, I, you know, please don't take that wrong, though. If you, if you like that content, do it. Do it the it. other way. Do it. We put yeah. Robbie Dale in the Barcelona team and what oh, did he yeah. do? <laughs> I'd watch that. I would watch that. It reminds me of when, um, in fact, I'm I'm doing I'm doing that. Like, so that, that's me now. <laughs> please do it. Please do it. Yeah, it reminds me of when Boston Air kept on signing Matt Smith for as a target man. He did. He bought him like for Schalke because uh, I think his his rationale was that Matt Smith once scored a goal. I think it was for, probably for Millwall against Liverpool, <laughs> and he just loves him as a target man. And I was like, okay. I mean, yeah, I, there's people on our list that are pretty much the same. But yeah, I love that. I love that combination. Lawrence, Lawrence Shank, is it Lawrence Shankland, the Dundee United boy? Like he's a hell of a player on the game this year. Like as a as yeah. a sort of a bigger forward. Like I had a great time using him um, in the Creators Championships, uh, and I I clocked I clocked Bustinet using him on on one of his streams when he with managing Dundee United. And I looked at him, I was like, oh, he's a decent little player, isn't he? And yeah, works works really well. Yeah, there is some there is some really good target men on on the game that you can have a lot of fun with. It. I, I I as much as obviously I'm not using it this year because of my commitment to striker list. A target man is one of the most fun roles you can have in the game. Um, shout out to Andreas uh, Cornelis. That's the, the <laughs> Palmer. I think at the minute he's joining Palmer. Um, big big Danish uh, forward, just proper proper rough and tumble. Uh, he was in one of my duos, which was Danish Dynamite, and it was him and Casper Dolberg. But Casper Dolberg is six foot one, and I didn't realise how tall he was. And I was like, bloody hell, that is tall. See, that, that it, it also ruined the possibility, because again, Balotelli's a little bit taller yeah, than he's as well. Tall, yeah, yeah. So Balotelli and Bentner... Oh, that would have been a, that would have been a dynamite pair, wouldn't it? The, the old the old banter boys <laughs> playing for Ibiza or Malaga, Magaloff or whatever, you know, Magaloff FC. Just, the banter boys, just the the partnership of a stag do. Oh, just how many how many fines can you dish out in a season? Uh, brilliant. All right, well, there, there are our combinations for big man, little man's. Let us know who your favourite is from our list of six. Also, let us know uh, your own. Big man, little man combinations, either on Discord or on Twitter. Um, and speaking of Discord, we do have a Discord now, or more accurately, Tony Jameson FM has a Discord. Um, there's loads of stuff to get involved with in there. We talk tactics, we talk the game, we talk just general, we talk about things like NFL, coffee, pretty much anything you can think of. We talk about it all in the Discord. And you can also get access to a private Discord channel if you sign up to our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy. It is £3 a month and that gets you access to the private Discord as well as two podcasts a month. We just dropped our first of this month. 
yesterday on time of release of this. Wow, that's really confusing. Um, we did FMT Retro about Kennedy Bakasholu, uh, the Champman 0102 legend, and it turned out to be one of our favourite episodes we ever recorded. It's just fun. It's a little bit shorter than we usually do, but it was just perfect it's just really really good listen and we really strongly recommend it so if you want to help support the podcast and also get two extra podcasts a month as well as this regular podcast here ad free then you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash football manager therapy that is free pound a month to help us out here at the podcast but if you want to let us know who your favorite big man little man combination is on social media tony where can people let you know their favorite combos you can drop me your combos on Twitter, which is at Tony Jameson, or you can come and check uh, my YouTube content out, which is Tony Jameson FM. Um, leaving comments for big men, little men on there is probably going to be a bit of a strange place to do that, but just come and like, have a look anyway. Uh, we're doing the Washington save, of course, the tier 10, and we're doing the journeyman save as well, which, as I say, we are managing in Bursa Sport over in Turkey at the minute, and... Who knows? We might do Robbie Dale in Barcelona. Um, Love it. I, I'm quite, I'm quite tempted by that actually. <laughs> That'd be quite fun. Um, but yeah, so come and uh, come and say hello, um, Matt. What about yourself? How can people get in touch with you to uh, to offer their uh, duo, dynamite dynamic duos to you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Emrich's host. You can let me know there. Um, and that's pretty much it really where I am so yeah go and do that also when you are looking for the links that we have mentioned here in the podcast description don't forget to check out our wonderful charities and foundations that we support here on Football Manager Therapy they are the LGBT Foundation Black Minds Matter UK Mind UK and War Child incredible causes that are well worth your time so please do check them out But we will be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next week on Football Manager Therapy.